Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 23rd of December, 2020. It is Wednesday, two days before Christmas. It is hard to believe without this concept of time attached to things and all the normal stuff we do when these things are coming up every year. And this year we haven't done any of that. It feels like these days are kind of coming and going. The feelings are there, but it's like, well, I'm not going to really decorate this year. I'm just going to do this or I'm just going to do that. And we realize how much of our lives revolve around each other and how much interaction we have that is not here for the most part. I know there's the fringes. There's still people traveling and there's still people doing things. But it's not easy to do like it was. Because there's other people who say, hey, you know what? I love you. Please don't come right now. I'm older. I'm high risk. I'm this. I'm that. So even if you want to, they can't or don't want to or are concerned about it. And it's just been such a different world. And I'm enjoying it because I have to tell you something about couples. What bridge between this different world that we're living in and what being a couple means, it's something that is really going to surprise you. Did you know that the thought of love being part of a relationship was like a super radical idea at one time? Like, how did relationships start? Because it's not like we were born hardwired to a marriage certificate or even dating. The history of romance, the giving and receiving of Valentines or love tokens, they date back to like medieval times, but the origin of the modern coupling lives in the 18th century because it took until the 18th century for the rise of romantic marriages. It took that long for people to add romance to a marriage because right now that's all it's about if you don't feel that you're not getting married 
invented these relationships. And that's what this one is why everyone sees France as being romantic. End of the 11th and throughout the 12th centuries, the poets in France invented, invented courtly love. And at the time, it came out as like this essential theme in relationships with couples. But at the time, it was also a brand new revolutionary idea that was opposed. It was opposed to marriage and its sacrament. Like, really think about this. The thought of love between a couple was a revolutionary idea at one time in our history. So when you think about that and how it wasn't present, then how did we write about it in the Bible? And all the rules around it and about cheating and not being faithful and being faithful. Where did that come from? Because the love part was invented way after a lot of the original concepts that we read about in many religious books about couples, relationships. Because like any other relationship, what is the point of a romantic relationship? Because there's something we don't understand, and everything has stages. We actually know it, otherwise there would be no divorces. If everybody was as happy as they were when they met, they would not get divorced, would they? I mean, they got married in that state of mind. All the relationships that we may have in our lives, the romantic relationships play an important role and coming in and fulfilling our needs for the social connection, the sexual relationship, the intimacy, emotionally. And like any other relationship or friendship, it also follows like these general stages where it's created and it heightens and then we settle somewhere. And in romantic relationships, we may not feel romantic in the arc of the relationship as the relationship changes. Some it stays, some understand it differently. However, the nature of the relationship is going to change like anything else in our lives and is going to grow. And we may grow towards it or we may grow away from it. But everything we are living that was standard when almost all of us that are listening today were born, if not all of us, we were born into a concept 
of a certain marriage as a normal, there was never any other way idea when at one time it was brand new and even revolutionary. And that the idea of loving, loving, was opposed to marriage at that time. So how did we get here? Did the concept of dating do, and when did that start? Because we used to say teenager or middle class, like we had people in different classes dating. And it has Historically, historically, like this, I want to say, not statistical, but cliche way. Well, they're teenagers. They're going to do that. Well, they're middle class. They're more settled. But dating is really a recent invention to this level. And it got started when women started going to big cities and working at the turn of the century, the 20th century. The word date was coined in 96 by a columnist for the Chicago Record named George Aide, A-D-E. In 1896, not too long ago, considering the concept of dating, we can't imagine just meeting someone and marrying them. So how did they do it before? Well, they grew up in towns and knew someone all their lives and just continued the trail. They didn't search for relationships and they didn't go out and date. And a lot of times there weren't that many people around. So dating is new. Love in a relationship was like a huge radical move. So does true love exist? Because obviously people were writing about it. People were fighting for it. People felt like it was missing. Because we are made of love, we were looking for it. We just didn't know where to find it. So we created a forum for it. And nothing is perfect, right? Because every challenge has a purpose and every purpose has a challenge. I said that the other day and someone said to me, oh, that sounds like a saying. And I said, well, it is. And the challenges for relationships was a whole forever thing because true love does exist, but it is not as common as people think it is because a lot of us settle before we get there in fear that we may never meet someone again or get to know someone again or want to know someone again. It takes a lot to meet somebody And know them, really know them, know who they are, live with them, see them, see what they hide, see what they bring to the table, 
see if they hide. And not many people are really good at self-truth. So that's going to spill over into the relationship. That's why all the work Christ has been doing was taking that finger that we point at others and pointing it back at ourselves, not in judgment, but in healing. Always equal compatibility. Nor does it mean (laughs) that people are meant to stay together for a lifetime. And sometimes we have more than one true love in a lifetime, which is a huge surprise. Because then what do we do? We're already committed. We have a contract to love. Imagine that pressure. We came up with this marriage license and this whole divorce business and We created a breakup into a huge negative, no trust. You go from good to bad within the words used. What are we doing? Isn't that interesting to really break it down? Because what is romance? Well, for men, it's not so much a one-time show. It's not like he's going to come to your house with a horse and carriage and now that can that makes him romantic. And then he wins the girl because he was willing to go out that far. He was following the romantic template. It shows how affectionate he is. Blaze his love. But for men, that isn't romantic at all. That's just trying to do what he thinks will get the girl. But in truth, what is romantic to a man is somebody interested in what he's thinking or feeling or wanting and doing just by asking him, by talking to him the same as a woman would want. But because we were introduced to romance and then told what romance does, If someone doesn't do it, we don't look at them as romantic, and they get dissed. They get dissed, and they may have been the best partner in the world for you, but we don't get to knowing it. And now, treat love as love as love as love. We are fighting for relationships that are not only different from a man and a woman, but that a man born a man or a woman born a woman may also be different. So we have a lot of different combinations now. So we've expanded love. As it says in Origins of Truth, love is love is love. It's just the relationships that are different. We're living up to that and we're finding out in greater depth what that means. So why is all this even worth talking about? Because those inner instincts we have that are hardwired to love, that are hardwired to truth, that are hardwired to purity, always knew something was off about what we were told love was. Some people fought it. 
saying, I, I, we're going to live together. That was a big move. Once we established the whole institution of marriage, now people were rebelling against marrying for love or marrying like that because they still wanted to prove there was love and they didn't need a piece of paper to prove it so they would live together. And the concept was we won't hurt each other on the way out. We love each other and every day it's a choice to be here. So then you ask yourself, well, is love a feeling or is it a choice? Because there's a difference between feeling love for someone and caring about a person and loving someone and choosing to love that person. Because you may have love for someone forever. But the choice to love is not a feeling. It is an action. And that's why it's so difficult to think of love as feeling or a choice because you may love someone but you may not be in a position in your life to throw action on it and live with them or go out with them or see them. For whatever reason, their job is to teach you something else and you may never figure it out while we're here. In the 18th century, the ideal of love, meaning the step to get married in the late 18th century, in the early 19th century, was all just due to the French and the American revolutions. The enlightened thinkers were the ones promoting the right to personal happiness. So whatever was going on then, I guess the consensus was that people were not personally happy, even though they may have been publicly happy, which also started the whole don't tell anyone what goes on in your house. But when you go outside, you're a united front. Imagine, this was all a fight for love. Real love is when another soul can care about your happiness unconditionally. Meaning, you don't have to do anything for them to be happy with you. They're already happy with you. They married you. So if you do something they don't like, they don't take it personally like, wow, they did that to me. They're just like, wow, why did, why did you want to do that? They're not disappointed or angry when you do something that they consider foolish. They just kind of want to know why. They don't need to take away and destroy you and make you feel horrible because they feel horrible. There is a balance of power in that relationship. Respect for each other's independence and that they can make their own decisions because they did before they got to you. And you loved them then without any kind of retaliation coming back at them. That's, that's the love. So we have a lot of, um, I guess, new ways to think about the old ways we think relationships are. 
Because in dating, dating has gotten obviously so far. Now we're internet dating. And I remember when that started and we were like, what? I remember when Tinder started and at first it was more legit. And then, you know, obviously it goes through its stages and it arced. And now it's probably scary. But it was fun to, like, see local people in your area, pictures of them, and go and meet them at a coffee shop or however you were going to do that. But then, you know, there's the people who took advantage of the people who were doing that, and they may not have been so kind. And so we're finding that out. And then we're saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe that's not the way we should be going about this. Until today, the best way to meet someone is through people you already know who know them because there's no other way to reference someone you just meet. And a lot of times when you do meet someone that nobody knows, what are the first thing they tell you? Don't rush into anything. Take your time. Because deep inside we know it's not love, it's curiosity, hormones, adrenaline, and all of these things that we basically feel is out of control when we meet someone. And we want that feeling because we have been taught that that means love. But yet there's like these stages of dating. And the first one, of course, is attraction because they're perfect. You know nothing about them yet except how they look and what they tell you. And you're buying it hook, line, and sinker. It's actually the most dangerous phase of dating because the history of romantic love is kind of troubling because a lot of times you'll meet somebody and you'll have this irrational feeling of loyalty and affection for this person that you actually know nothing about. Sometimes, and you know, we've this is the stuff that makes the news. But it's to the point where we come to harm or even die for that person. Harm other people for that person. Rob a store, cheat on our partners. Hurt our families. Attraction phase. Because the attraction phase is that curiosity phase. We're like, oh man, I never thought this, I never thought that, but this person's so perfect, of course I'm going to listen to them. But if you stay long enough, you will get to the reality. Who is this person really? What's going on with them? How is their family? Do they like or not like their family? Do they like or not like their kids? Do they like or not like their job? Do they like or not like their life? And do I coincide with that? Does that mean anything to me? And what does it mean to me? Is it something I want in my life every day? Now we're, you know, coming out of the curiosity and seeing the real life version of our attraction. And some of it may even include things like, oh, my God, how did I overlook that? You know what? They said this in the beginning. Why didn't I listen? Well, because I was still in the information stage. Don't beat yourself up. We all have, excuse me, have to go through the information stage. But then we have the commitment. Now, we've gone through the attraction, check. We've gone through reality, check. Now we're 
saying things like, I'll be here forever. I never want to be without you. And then we get into intimacy, emotional intimacy, physical intimacy. And sometimes when we are in that curious stage, we try to fast forward attraction, reality, commitment, and intimacy in a week. We all know it's off, but then we think it must be real. If I could feel all this this fast, I've never felt anything this fast before in my life. This must be right. Go through so fast. One day you're going to wake up and go, what just took over my life? And you may either run or you may be happy about it and you may stay. And then finally you get engaged and then you get married. That's 2020 version. That's the version we've all been taught. So what would be the signs of true love that make a decision in your heart to be somewhere with someone, give them your most valuable asset, and give up your most valuable asset as it was and rearrange it in your life, your time? What would keep you with another person? Other than I want to have my guy or I want to have my girl or I'm lonely or I'm alone because now they're filling a need. They're just a plug. Let's just say you are already happy with yourself, which would be the best case scenario, and then you meet someone. How do you know that it's not infatuation or one-sided or just a close friendship? Well, it includes respect, admiration and care and never subjecting your partner and I mean never because once you do it it becomes easier to do and if you do do it it means you have the capability to hurt others feelings or physically or humiliate them or any form of abuse many people assume they are in love when it is an infatuation But if you feel incapable, incapable of harming another person with words or actions, that's when your love is true. That's why when we see parents even hurt their children, we we get crazy. Because we feel like, how did they break that bond of love with their own child, the ultimate life teacher. So what do we do with this knowledge? Well, when you meet someone, if you're not with someone, you find out that true love never dies. It may change form, but it will never die. No matter how many times we say, death or divorce or breakups or split, even when the best couples can do it. It can happen with a true love, and that's scary because we want guarantees for marriage. We want guarantees for our relationships. But it's a decision. 
it's a decision. We decide where we want to stay and where we don't, where we can handle it. Because sometimes we can't handle love. And other times we can and we stay. But we were taught what we now know. It wasn't always this way. When you meet someone, if you are incapable of thinking about hurting them, you are in a good place. And this is after the reality check, when you really are out of that fog. You guys, time is up already, and I could still go for another hour on this topic. I love you guys, and I will see you tomorrow on Dream Team Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.